worth talking about it once a month. So, you know, it's been stopping from very valuable. Feel like you believe Inside Cast back on track. Hello, everybody. Here we are again. Um, I'm talking today about something that I love, right? And uh, I, I don't, I hardly ever talk by myself in here because I like to bring people who have notable results and also who have the authority that is necessary to speak out and to really. Uh, be the boss when it comes to that duty subject, right? Yeah, so I don't bring anybody here who is uh, uh, not an expert. Um, and today is not different, right? Uh, you know, you guys know that I love English. You know, I've been speaking English since I was 10 years old. I've already told this story in the first episode on the first season back in 2018, I guess. Okay. Yes, probably. And uh, we have American Inside and a deal with Don's uh, students. And I'm always looking for different kinds, different ways of learning uh, how to teach because I think that innovation is the core value of uh, one's life that want to really make a difference and be surviving actually on the society because it changes constantly. And today I'm bringing a friend of mine that I met back in 2016 uh, in the USA on the program that you guys probably know called Wildlife. Brought a lot of friends here. And uh, she also deals with the same thing that I deal with, that is English teaching. And uh, of course, she has a different approach. Uh, I brought a lot of different kinds of approaches here for you guys to, to, to know. And uh, today we're gonna know a little more about Wendy. So Wendy, please, make yourself comfortable and introduce yourself. Well, thank you, first of all, <laughs> for letting me sharing this time with you guys. Um, well, I'm from Bolivia, I'm from La Paz, Bolivia. Um, and yes, I also have a passion for English and also for working with youth. Um, I work for like um, international cultural exchange programs. So this is one of my passions too, because I love traveling and I think everybody should be able to travel all over the world, especially young people. And of course, English is an you know, essential tool for this. Uh, that is interesting. You said about traveling, right? I, I got hit once, I think it was 2014, by something that people call as trip bug. It was my first trip that I took back in 2014. And really, Wendy, I didn't want anything else. I love to be on the plane and whatever. So, uh, and I could see how important English was for me. So if you could share um, a little bit of your experience on how English made a difference in your life when it comes to having cultural experiences. Sure, well, actually I studied in a school that where English was very important. So I think I was very lucky because, you know, I get to learn English at school every day. However, you know, it's not the same when you're in the real world and you actually have to use it. So the first time I really had to face English in, in a native, like English native speaking country. Was it was a monster? <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was with my with my cousins, actually, <laughs> you know, my, my grandma took us to the United States and she left us there <laughs> to try to communicate with our cousins. So that, that was like the first experience. I was 13 years old, so it, that's when I had to talk, you know? But besides that, 
Um, well, in, at my house, uh, we used to host a lot of volunteers like that came from different parts of the world. So we had, you know, people from the United States, Norway, Uganda, um, Australia, everywhere, <laughs> you know. So for us, it was very, you know, I don't know, an incredible experience in our house, you know, having someone live there for six months, seven months. And of course, most people who arrived there um, didn't speak any Spanish, so English was a must, you know. So I think that that experience was very important for me, and, and for my also for my siblings because you know it was we have to talk to these people, help them around, and and I think it was incredible because afterwards, since I love traveling, of course that opened many doors for me to go everywhere. So for example, about uh, about five years ago. I made um, a trip to Europe. I visited about 15 countries wow. and I didn't have to pay for anything. <laughs> you know, it's like I stayed in everybody's house or the friend of my friend or, you know, and, and it was incredible. So it opens many doors, um, incredible doors, not just, you know, um, to practice the language, but also to visit cultures and, and get to know how people think other, in other places and, you know, visit cities. It was incredible. So I think it's a must for everyone, especially if you're young, you know, you have to, you have time <laughs> and, and it's the time to travel, to use the language, to learn new things. So I think yeah. it's, it's incredible. You only live it once, right? YOLO. YOLO! <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> you know, my mom was like, how come you're going so far? And I was like, I'm going to regret if I don't. So, you know, let me go. <laughs> sure thing. Uh, and it comes to teaching more specifically, Winnie. Um, I don't know, what kind of approaches do you use um, in your school with your students? How, how does it happen? Well, actually, um, this is how it, you know, we have a special program. Well, I work in, in I have a foundation called Ciudad Mundo, you know about it. And um, we, I mean, we recruit people to, to get to go to other places like cultural exchanges, as, as I was saying. But we realize a lot of people don't have, you know, the necessary English level we need to send them abroad. So we came up with this, uh, we came up with this um, program that we call, it was an experiment. So we call it the English experiment. And in short, we call it text. So text was like the first tool we, we tried, you know, we tested to see how it worked uh, with English. Because, you know, I don't like books. I mean, I like reading, but I don't like English in books. You know, I think it has to be something very natural that you use naturally, right? And so there's a lot of the language that is not in the books. So we work with a lot of camps in the United States. So we have this camp culture, which is like working with teams, dynamics, songs, like camp songs, the, the famous baby shark. It's, you know, it's a camp song so and it's fun and people love it and people think it's, it's you know, fun. And, and so we started making these small groups, no more than 15 people. And we have a facilitator and like some sort of like helper, you know, and someone that's an assistant and supports. So we have basically two people in the front and it's all like outdoors. So we, we took this experiential learning um, tool, you know, or methodology so we could have, you know, um, people 
um, outside in a park or doing some hiking, you know, fun activities where you actually get to meet friends, use the language, have fun, do something different. So um, we do it, well, we used to do it, right now we're not doing it because of the COVID, of course, it's like paused, but um, it works outside uh, once a week. Every, we usually do it every Saturday. So we have this group of people come together and, and it's, you know, especially for this year, we had, and of course, we're, we're going to get back to that as soon as everything goes back to normal. But it's this kind of um, curricula where um, we talk about th things that matter, you know. So it's not just like we're playing in the park, but we're also talking about human rights or we're talking about, um, I don't know, um, the environment and how to take care of the environment um, or leadership. Things like that, you know, things that everybody will use in their lives. Um, not maybe when they work, you know, at work or at university or whenever, you know. And so it's very interesting for people to come together, do something fun, but also, you know, do something that has meaning and, be, and, and have this feeling of belonging. So we don't have books. We only have a, I mean, we, we of course, we use things like, for example, um, we previously send um, like vocabulary that we're going to use. For example, I don't know, let, let's say we're going to have a, um, a potluck in the park. Okay, so we're going to, and, and usually, for example, last year we did this for um, Thanksgiving. So we celebrated Thanksgiving at the park doing a potluck. So we, we, you know, we send a vocabulary that has to do with Thanksgiving and with a potluck, you know, what is a potluck and why we come together and everybody brings food. And for example, in Bolivia, we have something similar and that's called aptapi, okay? And so we, <laughs> we compare to this and we send vocabulary. So people, and, and it, there's no like level one, level two, level three, it's like you come there as you, as you are. <laughs> you, you just go there as you show up with the English level that you have, that you currently have. So some people, you know, they just maybe need a little more fluency, but some people need a lot more, of course. It, and it's like the same experience, you know, when I told you when I was 13 and I went with my cousins in the United States, I had to talk, <laughs> you know, and with whatever I had. And it works because you listen to the other person and you, start repeating and you, you realize oh this is how i thought i could say it and then you feel more comfortable so the idea of it is you know making people so comfortable with the language that they're having fun they're learning things and it's like the language becomes like the second thing because they, they they're more focused on doing the teamwork and doing you know solving something or playing that the language is one tool they have to solve things and to do things. So it's pretty, pretty cool. But do you get uh, like students from ground zero, like who has zero English as well? We got, yeah, we got um, a few of those. <laughs> it, of course, it's more challenging for them, but we usually match them with the ones, you know, with people. Well, we identify, it's very personalized because since it's a small group, we identify who's more empathetic. <laughs> And so we match them or, you know, people who have more like a better level of English. So then we match them so they can help like the persons who know more than can help the ones who know, like speak less English. And something that we're doing now, like we are combining this 
with um, a new program that's called Foodbridge with an organization in the United States. Um, we started doing the virtual part because we always wanted to do the one-on-one, -on -one. like let's say during the week, we do the one-on-one -on -one with students that actually need a lot more support. And then on the weekends, we have this group, which is the, the text, the, the, this program, right? And so um, we had we, we thought about starting with text and then doing the one-on-one, -on -one, but things got different this year. And so we had to change it, go all the way around. So we started with the one-on-one. -on -one, and of course, when things get back to normal, we're, we're continuing with, with text. And the one-on-one, -on -one, it's more supportive for those who are more like basic. But the idea is that it doesn't matter like if you know just a few words. The idea is that you lose the, um, the fear of learning or the fear of talking or speaking because we also have a lot of people who actually understand English. Like if we talk to them, they understand everything, but they can't talk. <laughs> they can't communicate because they're so afraid of saying something wrong and being embarrassed. So, you know, the only way is like, hey, feel comfortable this is it's okay to make mistakes like we welcome that so you know come in and and, and so i think i think it really helps people feel more uh, free and comfortable making mistakes and being corrected and we also tell them like if i see something wrong and feel free to tell me you know it's like and when you give people like um like permission <laughs> to correct you it feels less worse, <laughs> you know, so and, and people get to be you know, get to feel more confident. So we, we do use a lot of um, outdoor education for this and, and experiential learning. We definitely think that it's not the same uh, being in a classroom, learning things that being outside and actually doing an activity and using the words that you need to actually perform that activity. So that makes a difference. Yeah, as far as I can understand, like uh, you give the experience to the students. Like, if he were uh, abroad, and like, what would be his behavior towards that scenario? And then you try to simulate that uh, with the students uh, outdoors at a park, uh, I don't know, at a soccer uh, pitch, whatever. You have like a bunch of teaching methodology, right? Like, I've read a lot throughout my life, I've already dealt with bunch of them and uh, I can see that when you have an experience with the students uh, it's really remarkable for his mind and then learning really happens um, I try to gather both uh, because since we are not from a native English speaking country so let's assume that a very hard-working student he speaks 90% of his time uh, his native language, that is in my case Portuguese, in your case Spanish. So it's pretty challenging for him or her to really face this uh, dedication versus uh, um, impossible ways, impossible time to speak uh, English and learn. Uh, and when he has an experience, I think uh, have some sort of sparks in his mind. And then these sparks they really motivate them uh, to learn more. Simple challenge, simple simple issue, simple task. He should change all his cell phone to English. Does he, does he feel comfortable with that? Probably no, because 
it doesn't have a meaning to do that. Oh, I'm not going to learn English. Ah, it takes a whole life to learn it. So when you have this kind of experience, you really give your students this goal, this objective, this target. And then the tasks, like these regular tasks, they become easier and they can do it smoothly. Uh, it becomes way more uh, accomplishable, let's say, this kind of tasks. I don't know, can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I would like you to talk about like why did you decide uh, to teach English uh, this way? I know that you based it on your experience and you got fluent. I think that would be the main answer. But among the the universe of other language of other methodologies that you have have communicative approach, have dream methodology, repetition, translation that I hate it sucks. Anyway, I have a lot of methodologies. Uh, do you bridge yours with these? Don't you like them? How does it work? Well, I think what has, I mean, why why we we have decided to that this works actually because um, probably because the personal um, the personal experience I had was very natural, right? As I told you, I was in a school that you know you you used to. We used to practice English every day, and I think we had good teachers, but not everybody learned, right? Uh, like, I know a lot of people from my age, we went to the same school, the same class, and they don't speak English, right? So I think the reason why um, we, we chose this methodology, and I think it works better, is because you use it. <laughs> you, it's, it's a daily thing. It works, as you say, like, for example, changing your phone to English. It's the same as, I don't know, you watch Netflix without subtitles and only in English. Or even maybe English subtitles. So you get to improve, you know, your grammar <laughs> or your vocabulary if you don't... I mean, sometimes we, we know how to say things, but we don't know how to spell them. We're, or we're without, right? So I think as... I think it works better, like... I mean, there can be many methodologies, but I think the ones that work better are the ones that are more like real world and natural and of course challenging, right? Because if there's no challenge, then <laughs> then it's, I don't know, if it's something easy, anybody can do it, right? So, but I think that's up to the person. You know, I met students that they really want to learn they really and i met people who really wanted to travel even though their english was the worst in the world and they were like please please i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it and we gave them the chance and they did a good job you know so i think i mean um choosing the methodology especially right now because the the world moves very fast right so we don't have time to you know like this seven years of classes at an institute and, and and it is so expensive right so one of the ways for me it worked this is why like i really thank my parents for like letting us have volunteers living in our house because they became our friends and this was our natural way of learning right so providing this type of environment where you give the people like the students um, the opportunity to experience culture, even though they're not in the United States or in the or in UK, you know, even though they're like in this case Bolivia, 
we try to give them experience. I think experience is key. <laughs> you know, it's essential for, for learning. If it, if it, I mean, if you don't feel something, if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel that is something that can become part of you as anything, Uh, for a woman, maybe as makeup, <laughs> you know, it's like, or, or like wearing glasses, you know, like your glasses are part of you. If you don't have something, it's the same as you're having a phone, you know, if it, if it doesn't come part of you, you're not going to use it. Like it, it happens to, to yeah. with everything, right? We, sometimes we buy things and we never use them because it's not part of us. So language or any methodology that actually works have to be, has to become part of us so we actually use it if, if it's not going to be part of us then it's not worth it yeah that, that's uh interesting when you talk about experience i remember i had like memories from my time uh through yli especially when i was in san diego i was a connect english that was that is of course it's uh, an english school and uh, i could learn how they teach english uh an american way like a really native english speaking country way For me, that's pretty interesting. For example, I I've started to to have events with my students. For example, hot dog eating contest. The students go crazy. Like Fourth <laughs> of July, they line it up, they line up, and then you have like okay, you have 10 minutes to eat as many hot dogs as you can. This it was kind of crazy because we couldn't do it. So I I, I challenged Nick from Connect English. I lost by three hot dogs. I'm a loser, but it was pretty interesting. <laughs> And the students get like, you know, uh, cheering and uh, getting emotional, speaking. So that's interesting. And that's they so forget they're speaking English. Yes, I think aromatic. Essential because they're having so much fun doing the activities that they forget they're speaking English, you know? And, and this is what, what we do as well with, with the English experiments. And, and it's like providing this fun, this experience, this sense of belonging. So because they become friends, you know, and so they forget <laughs> they're, they're speaking English, you know, and only maybe when they're struggling and they need help. But even there, because we tell them, like, you need to try. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just let go of yourself and it will come. And, and it's really nice to see how it works and, and how, you know, it's I think for us, it's not only for, you know, this English program we have, but in all of our organization, having someone come in and then go out, <laughs> but um, with this transformation, like we need to have an impact in people. And sometimes it, it comes with, I don't know, because for example, when we do um, um, dynamics or like team building activities, we always end up with like, we, we wrap up the activity with a message It has to make sense, right? And, and these reflections help a lot. So then we, we have students thinking, you know, and, and, and learning and learning about life and reflect, you know, having reflections about things and about life and about things that matter. Then, then again, they forget they're speaking English, you know, or they're trying to. And uh, they learn new things. And of course, if they get to travel and have these experiences, um, It's, it's wider and it's bigger than, than that. So I think English is a tool for us to get, you know, to impact lives. You summarize my, my mission, my vision of English. Like, uh, 
if you don't cause change in people you know it's meaningless so regardless of of what kind of thing you you provoke in their lives like you really need to change something you know uh, it can be a dream coming true of watching a movie without subtitles uh, in english portuguese spanish whatever so there are some students that just want to watch movie they said oh that's fantastic you know you're going to help you out there are students who want to go up in their career there are students who want to open business overseas there are students who want to travel you know we have like um two or three uh over 60 year old students and uh they've never ever traveled alone because they've always felt uh, insecure about traveling and uh, of course the language is a key player in this and then for the first time he, he flew up to boston without his daughter or his son and he was pretty happy to have that dream coming true you know a 63 year old man with his wife and that was so accomplishing you know uh, i love this saying about uh, uh, impact probably had like a couple of, sh- of funny moments with your students uh, because everybody has you know something they said something they acted that you know it was really fun- pretty funny so if you could share something with us okay oh my god let me think <laughs> oh well i think uh, we have a bunch of things uh you know we do a rally uh like a city some sort of like city rally so they're moving all around the city running and they have to send it's since it's you know we make teams so they have to um like fight against you know right like yeah run against each other so we have um challenges such as i don't know you have to take a picture with a police officer and you know or you have to make them say this or approach tourists and talk to them and things like that so i mean with those things we had a bunch of like we have a bunch of funny moments and and things but i think once um we were leaving these um like when we finished we went to this um like sort of like burger king you know <laughs> like fast food place and um it actually happened to me because i was i was with them and i was like we were leaving the place and it was getting dark and i was i like to chew the ice of the drinks okay so i had the ice in my mouth and i was like from <laughs> you know like this and i i accidentally dropped my ice from my mouth okay so imagine it's kind of like getting dark there's not much light and suddenly i do this and i say I drop the eyes and I say my eyes you know and people see something transparent <laughs> falling to them is it halloween season brown, like, <laughs> and you know the student next to me she was like <laughs> she was like she literally thought like my eyes dropped to the ground you know but it was the eyes so that was a funny moment to teach the difference between and eyes and our eyes <laughs> you know but it was i don't know iconic you know it was like oh my eyes and then you see this transparent thing like that <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> so that was fun um uh, that's interesting and funny as well because we always find a, a way to teach something somehow when something happens i think that's magical right um, yeah, even if we don't think about it much as you know this moment it was like oh yeah you know it, it happens that eyes it's like eyes <laughs> but it's different you know so it, it was fun it was a fun teachable moment <laughs> yeah we have like uh since we speak a latin language uh 
we have uh, we are we come from a phonetical language so if we if you know how to speak some words some letters sorry you can speak any word in italian french spanish or portuguese english is different so that's why pronunciation is a key player is a deal breaker right for example you you write the same way the verb to read but in the past you don't you don't read you read you read red but red if you pronounce it incorrectly it can be a color or it can be if you pronounce it incorrectly it happens a lot to, to the beginners can be had so had red oh, red yeah and this is for portuguese <laughs> oh yeah for portuguese definitely. because of the r <laughs> exactly you know head. <laughs> you have head like a rato in english have rato right uh so it's like you also have read that have like a different a slight difference on the spelling of the words that change the, the pronunciation completely. Uh, so that's something funny to teach. I'm not going to say uh, one of the funniest things, but a lot of people uh, play around with the F word, F words. So they say like, come on, like, I need a fork. And then when people speak this uh, with, a, with a pronunciation mistake, it becomes a, it becomes a curse, cursing word. You know, the same thing as you always say here when I teach my students, uh, I'm going to the beach and like you have to speak this E in a very continuous way. Otherwise, geez, it's not going to be a, a very good situation around you. You know, <laughs> I know I just talk, you know, <laughs> yeah. So that's very funny. I love this kind of moments as well. Um, like, I know that. You have a school, right? Uh, you have like a language institute that is teaching us this way. You've been telling us, and uh, of course, teaching is magic because you are transforming somebody. And we have a couple of teachers that listen to us uh, here on this podcast, the Inside Cast. So, if you could share uh, English teaching tips for our listeners who teach English, that would be of great value. Sure. Well, we actually started last year with um, um, a like a training for teachers, you know, to become our facilitators. And I think it's, it's been very useful for them. Um, well, I think practice is very important. I think practice is more important than theory. Sometimes teachers, you know, who want to become teachers or want to become better teachers, um, think too much about like... Um, maybe the methodologies it themselves, you know, like, or let, let's say it in singular, like methodology itself, like this is step one, step two, step three, and it doesn't really work that way. I think um, the first important thing is to connect with students. And I think, of course, it's very challenging because we're talking about people and people, like everybody is so different. So, but when you connect with your student, you get to know their needs and also learn how they learn. And, you know, like for example, some, and this is like, um, what do you call it? Uh, emotional intelligence. I don't know if it's the word in English, but um, it's like, yeah, some people are more visual and some people are more and better listeners others need to do it so and, and repeat it <laughs> and and so i think getting to know your students it's it's very important 
But more than that, um, um, well, I would like to mention a couple of things. One thing would be more like if you if, if you're talking more about like the way of teaching, um, I would I would say yeah, connecting first, connecting, and then it's easier to teach when you connect once you connect because you because you care, and people especially now and I think especially younger generations when they feel that you care they I, I think it's easier to connect with them I mean if you make them feel that they matter and we have you know maybe not not it, it wasn't our case but I know a lot of like colleagues it's like if you the, care for the students right if you really show attention compassion all of this yeah I mean know their names <laughs> know what they like kind of like get to know them you know so it's easier for like oh right like um i don't know anna you like this remember like i don't know you could go to this store and get this and the, i don't know like when you care or maybe in in a deeper way because why do i say this a lot of students that go to english institutes or are you know taking classes even virtual classes they don't want to be there Like a lot of students, they have to learn English and they don't want to, <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> Maybe they had a really bad teacher at school or I don't know, there's always a reason or they simply don't like it, but their parents like push them to do that. So I think of course, those are the most difficult ones. For us, it wasn't much like that because most students who come to us, they really want to travel. So it's like one step before that, but, um, We, I mean, we understand this and I think it's so much better if you get to connect people and, and I don't know, focus the learning and, and the teaching process in teaching something else. Like we also, we, we talk, and this goes to the second point, which is like life skills. I think teaching life skills is more important than teaching English or any language. And if you get to, you know, try it or, or, or learn or get more resources on how to teach life skills. I think that's going to make you want a better teacher. And then two is going to make your job easier because you're caring. You know, when you want to teach students something that's going to transform their lives or, you know, help them in the future or in the present, you know, while they're studying or in their family or something. So, If you get to teach these things, then language becomes easier and they, will, they won't feel it as something they have to do, but it, it's going to be like one more tool for them and it's going to be easier for them because they're going to like you as a person first. They're going to listen to you, not listening you know, to your, I don't know, vocabulary or grammar or, or <laughs> pronunciation. They're going to be listened to what you say, which I think it's more important. Um, yeah, uh, definitely connection is, again, a deal breaker. Uh, if you don't connect, most of the times you don't have learning. Uh, that's why when I train my teachers here, it's mandatory during the training to show care. So if you don't show care, show like, okay, I'm here just to make money, get paid, get, get paid by my hours, by hours that I work and die, bye-bye, see you never. Geez, really? Do you want to be this kind of teacher? So be somewhere else, but not here. We already pick about this connection and care. There's, this is these it, are very it's like points. in our training, we talk about um, a bar, like a standard, you know? And it's like the standard, let's say it's 
it's it's here like but you have to like teaching like having you teaching when you include life skills in your teaching then you go above the bar above standards teaching standards so this is where we want to get and this is what it's all about like maybe some people will learn more some people will learn less but they will learn <laughs> life skills and my some people are going to use english you know in their life a lot and some people might not you know maybe, maybe they're just there for their parents you know but then they would have learned something and and they will remember you and i think being a memorable teacher it's like a privilege yeah um like especially for the for the teenagers right right you become some sort of Uh, I don't know, wizard, <laughs> or even like a role model, because exactly. you are exactly you're like the wise man, <laughs> like Gandalf. <laughs> a wizard is never late. <laughs> if you, but not old. Yeah, definitely. If they get to you, right, uh, they're gonna be the one that they want. So, watch your watch your attitude. That's pretty important, right? And uh, practice what you preach. That's exactly. another important thing because you're not exactly. just teaching. Exactly, being, being a role model. Like for us, it is important. For example, may, maybe some people won't agree with this, but we care about our our teachers. Uh, for example, um, we care about their uh, social media accounts, like what they show. Uh, Bingo, me too. We too. <laughs> you know, like you are a role model. Like you can't show this kind of pictures. Like if you actually practice this kind of things <laughs> don't show them or i mean and it's so much better if they they don't actually practice certain things which are not very you know good for for like good example but i think um i think it's important <laughs> especially i think it's a responsibility for us when we choose who's you know work with working with us and and who's in front and being a leader before before like uh we invite them for the interview we hunt them down <laughs> Really, you go over there, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you see how much of uh, unnecessary words and posts that are harmful mm -hmm. they did, you know, because that kind of behavior, they can bounce back to them and really hit the students, hit the team members, and it can create some sort of nasty environment inside the company. So I am very picky about the culture of the company. Really, like, if the person has a very rotten uh, social media, don't even invite for an interview. It's yeah, exhausting. yeah, that's very important, and 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 because I mean, they're they're going to be an example. I mean, teachers should be. I think the role of teachers have has changed a lot. Like, for example, and, and of course, probably it depends on which country we are. But uh, for example, I have a friend. Who he's Bolivian. He got married with a Norwegian girl, okay. And he studied there. He speaks Norwegian as a Norwegian, like he's an expert, really. And he studied um, mathematics, and he got a master in mathematics. Norwegian. In Norwegian, in Norwegian. Like, <laughs> okay. He's a genius. And he teaches. Like the government paid him more so he could teach, you know. So it was, you know, he was like, bring it in, on, you know. And he he started teaching. And right now he teaches at a school. He works like, I think, two hours a, a week. And he has like a Tesla car, you know. And and, and the thing is, 
It's because, like, for example, in, in countries as Norway, education is so important that if you're a teacher, you're super respected and honored and you have more, um, I don't know, uh, things that, I mean, the, the more benefits you know, from your government and from people. And this is not like that in, 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 yeah. in our countries, right? Japan, Japan, for example, is a role model in this, you know, the teachers If you're there, a teacher, you're so geez. respected. And, and this should be like this because you're modeling future generations, you know? And, and sometimes it happens a lot, and I'm sure it happens in Brazil as well as in Bolivia, yeah, that in schools, like parents are the owners of the school and yeah, the sucks. teachers don't have a word. And it shouldn't be like that, you know, teachers should be respected and, and not just because they're a teacher, but actually, you know, they spend so many hours with students that this is why we think life skills are so important, like life skills, soft skills are more important than whatever they're teaching. Because tomorrow students might or might not use the technical part, you know, and, but But life skills and soft skills, they're going to need them every day in their lives. And, you know, they're going to rule our world tomorrow. And who are we, you know, shaping for, for our future as well? So. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Wendy, we are getting now to the end, right? Uh, and we talked a lot about methodologies, about how you guys teach there up in Bolivia, about teaching uh, itself. And of course... Uh, the biggest part of our audience, they want to learn English. They are students. Um, regardless of the field of expertise, like can be business, communications, whatever, um, they, they would like to, to improve their English. Um, and I would like to, to ask uh, your tips for the ones who are learning by stating something that I noticed during this podcast uh, coming from you that I, felt, that I found pretty positive, um, especially for Spanish speakers. Uh, I talk a lot with a lot of foreigners and uh, there is a very huge problem to achieve a very good level of English. Uh, I'm not talking about fluency, I'm not talking about speed, I'm not talking about, I don't know, like vocab, a little bit of grammar, but I'm talking about accent, right? And uh, for example, I also speak Spanish. I, I studied Spanish for three years. I was a translator of uh, Vara Criminal Federal uh, here in Brazil. Oh, wow. Yeah, like uh, every Wednesday. Our, our growth manager, for example, he's Colombian. So that's the Spanish day for me. We just talk in Spanish, email in Spanish, messages, everything is in Spanish. And then I know that you guys, they are Spanish native speakers. Uh, you have a problem with Y-O. That comes for Jo, Jo, or Yo, depending on yo. Spain mm -hmm. or Latin America, Mexico, whatever. Um, because, like, we have a Spanish teacher who is Spanish. So, uh, if yeah. I say, uh, if I say, Pizarra, he has a problem with me. And I'll tell him it is wrong. I have to speak Pizarra. Okay, sorry, my, my I beg, I beg your pardon, please. Anyway. Um, and uh, I. I heard like a lot of times you didn't say young people, you know, for me, that's like a, uh, an outstanding uh, getting rid of your native English accent. Here in Janeiro, we have the karaoke's. Like, what's the karaoke's? We say leite quente. 
that that corresponds to leite quente. Ah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, uh, that's how I speak. Esquente, escola, Fem right? Facebook. Facebook, perfect. Facebook. <laughs> uh, people think that I'm that I'm that I'm nosy just because I speak Facebook. No, come on, you have to preserve <laughs> the own language where it was created. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and like uh, I got rid of my Portuguese accent, let's say like uh, the majority of the times. But I had to push myself a lot hard to get there. Uh, to not say, for example, adjective. Let's say adjective. To not say talk. Uh, I cannot say without the, the English accent, but people say talk, talk, talk. I'm talking talk. to you. No, I Because say talk. Because the L, you, you kind of pronounce it like a U, right? <laughs> exactly, you know. So, congratulations on this. Because I know people who are 60 40 years old, they speak English and Spanish, they still speak Zhong. And that for me, it's awesome. Like, We have a lot of students, when they have to make videos for their, like, um, for camps in the United States, like to introduce themselves. And they always say Zhong. And, you know, it sounds like junk. So we have to, you have to redo that. <laughs> it's young, it's not like Zhong. <laughs> and I like tips. Uh, especially to get rid of the accent uh, of, of the, the student's native language and general tips for one to learn tips like here we say chips right <laughs> la, la propina en español uh, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so if you can say like English tips for, for our listeners to learn better improve the English and especially about getting rid of your own accent native, native English accent native English okay um, for learning, I think, um, if, I mean, if you really want to learn English, I mean, and not just learn, but practice, you have to find friends who speak English, <laughs> native speakers or bilingual, you know, that are, you know, very good, even if their accent is not good, but they speak the language. Um, because for example, if you go to Europe, we have like a lot of Europeans who are bilingual and maybe their they, their accent is not like American, but they're bilingual. So, but they speak perfectly. So, I mean, try to get this kind of friends. <laughs> and if you cannot get this kind of friends, um, you have to, I don't know, of course, movies work. But the, the bad thing about movies and this kind of things of TV is that you don't get to talk. You're only listening but you have to look for interaction. So, I mean, it, even if you're with your friends, I mean, if you have friends who speak English, then you can make some sort of um, like English club sort of thing where you talk about things that you like. For example, you know, a lot of students or like young people like um, to like play like video games and, and this kind of things. And I, I met a lot of students who speak English because of that. So whatever, makes you speak <laughs> look for that um meet foreign people meet like try to make friends with foreign i mean the bad thing is that some of the things i'm saying you're not going to be able to apply right away because of the covid and everybody's home <laughs> but as soon as you get out <laughs> go to you know the touristic place of your city and make friends there are some see there are some places like for example here there's a cafe where it's a coffee shop where you go and meet Um, foreigners and they they you know it's like you go there because you want to meet foreigners and I'm sure you guys have these kind of things too something similar so go there try to you know make friends even if they don't have to be American as I say they just 
have to talk and speak English. So that's one thing. And getting rid of your accent, <laughs> um, that gets, I think, by, by listening a lot. Like, for example, um, <laughs> it's funny because like when we had these volunteers coming to our house, once we had uh, a girl from Uganda, okay? So her English was very like African. I don't know how to spell it. I mean, say it now, but it, she like her, her head accent was like this, <laughs> very African. I don't know. I don't know how to say it now. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot remember it very well. But it's funny because I remember at the time she was living with us, I kind of like found myself kind of like speaking that way. And I was like, what's happening to me? You know? And I think it, it, it's the same. Like, for example, if you learn Spanish with a Colombian, then you're going to be speaking with that accent as well. So I think the accent comes by listening. And, and that's one of the main. And there you can watch movies. You can, I don't know, listen to music, probably listening to your favorite music and you know things like that but i mean not just because you know but listening to the words you know trying to repeat and learn the lyrics and everything for example some people want to have this um um english accent you know like from england okay so then what do you do drink some water can i have some water mind the gap <laughs> between the train and the platform <laughs> so then what you do you have to listen to that otherwise i don't think Wait, there's they, another what's the weather like today <laughs> and also i mean being i mean really wanted you doing it like, i don't know how to explain it like like when we say do it because do it as you mean it because if not like I would be saying Jung <laughs> instead of Yang, <laughs> you know? So, and it was because I listened so many times and so many people. And I was like, this is how you say it. And, and, and it's, for example, I remember some years ago, I went to a camp in, in Germany, okay? So we had staff from all over the world. And we had some friends from um, Scotland, okay? So one of them, She had a very weird accent and she, instead of saying kitchen, she would say catching. And instead of saying dishes, she would say dishes. Gosh. So, you know, trying to, I don't know, understand her, it was like a total headache. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like she goes to the kitchen and washes the dishes. <laughs> and so I remember that. So, but of course, probably if I would spend more time there or, or if I lived in Scotland with her, then I would speak in would be speaking in the same way so um, yeah it's, it's rang me a bell you know. once I, i listened to an irish guy he told me to hey Thiago, write down andrew tosk to me i said tosk what the heck is this <laughs> tosk can you spell it please tasked oh okay <laughs> oh, i got it uh, yeah. and it's like <laughs> you, you remind me in this same camp there was this um guy from the netherlands and he his name was risk risky okay And I would say, Riske, hey, Riske. And we had this Australian friend who was like, hey, Wendy, what do you call Riska Risky? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not calling him Risky. I'm calling him Riske. But for him, it was like I was saying E. And for me, he was saying ah. <laughs> so it was like, oh, my God, this is so difficult. But I think... You know, do, do you know how to fake, to fake accents? <laughs> Sorry? Do you know how to fake accents? Mm, I just tried now with the African, it didn't work. <laughs> so. No, because you know what? Like, um, 
uh, you can see from my skin color, like I could be, uh, I have descendants from Indian. indigenous here in Brazil, but uh, my skin color and my hairstyle, people think that I'm from India. So uh, I, I learned their accent pretty well. It's the best one that I can find. Uh, I, you know, I, I dream of that accent. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I I'm going to do it for theory. you live now. So. Have you have you watched um, Tiago? Have you you have to if you're a teacher and you have teachers? Have you watched Three Idiots? No. What is oh it? Oh my about? God! You're gonna love this movie. It's an Indian movie from oh, yeah. Bollywood. Uh -huh. It's called Three Idiots, and it's a must. And you're gonna laugh so much. And they have this accent. <laughs> it's so funny. I watched just one movie from from Bollywood. I'm trying to remember here. Bahu Bali. That's the only one that I watched. Like five-hour movie, geez, that was so oh, long. Wow. Uh, this is a three-hour movie, but it, it, you cannot miss that movie. It's incredible. I'm, I promise, and everybody who's listening, three idiots. You have I'm gonna to put in it. the description of this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna like send you the link to, sure, to sure. the to the picture, and I, I'm not sure here. It's not easy to find. Like I, can, I could finally hardly find it, but um, maybe you can download it or see it online. No, no problem. And it, it's super worth it. I, I watched it also. It has to do with teaching and learning, and it, it's super cool. I also watched uh, Outsourced. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it's uh, like a call center that was transferred from the United States to India. So they have a lot of, a lot of cultural fights uh, uh, and discussions, and so funny. Because in the Indian culture, you cannot, you can, you cannot even tap on a woman's shoulder because that's sexual harassment. So oh, and wow. the American woman said, oh, good job. And uh -huh. like, <laughs> oh, pass it on to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, we're gonna get to the end right now. I'm gonna uh, thank you very much on the on a very good Indian accent because I've been living in the city of Mata for, for a thousand years. And uh, I've already lived in, uh, in a part of the city of Rita for two years in a very beautiful city too. And uh, whenever you come here, you have to come here because you are going to feel very, very, very loved and very, very amused. But all the things that we have allowed here around the Buzios and all this region here in the countryside <laughs> of Rio de Janeiro. I would, I would love to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Although I had to, you know, pay extra attention to listen and <laughs> understand. I got to do it. <laughs> That's so crazy, Jeez. And also crazy. have, a, yeah, it's have better the, to do the Russian accent. Russia. <laughs> I'm from Dmitri. I'm Dmitri from Russia. <laughs> Dmitri. <laughs> I have like a lot of. I, a I love to, to go to to joke around the accent. So Wendy, thank you very much. Really, uh, this was a very enjoyable time. Miss you and everybody, you know. Uh, it was an awesome time we had back in 2016. And uh, I wish you success. Yeah. And uh, I wish you, like, uh, for, for you to thrive in your, in your business, right? Thank you so much. Same to you. Many blessings and a big hug all the way to Brazil. Thank you very much. All the way to Bolivia. Bye-bye. Thank you. We're talking about it once a month. So, you know, it's inside of me. Very valuable. Feel like you believe. American Insight.